Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everybody. So today we are talking about getting engaged. A common struggle that seems to come up in the safety profession is some version of people not being engaged. Sometimes it's voiced as our biggest issue is not getting buy-in from the front line or the front line supervisors. Maybe it's the workers aren't engaged. This lack of buy-in or engagement seems to be a common topic of conversation in safety management. So if you are struggling with this, you are normal. But it's definitely a topic worth meditating on. So let's dive in. How do you get people engaged? It's easy. Engage them. It sounds a little simple on the surface, but it's the starting point to the concept of engagement. Engagement takes at least two parties. One party must engage the other party to get their buy-in. If I want someone to engage with me, I start by engaging them. When I googled the word engagement, the first definition that came up had to do with getting married. Although we aren't trying to marry our workers, it's a good concept to think about when you want people engaged in the safety process. When you get engaged with another person, she's thinking, will you be here for me in sickness and in health? She says yes if she believes you will really be there for her and take care of her. She says yes if she believes you will be faithful to her, committed to her. She says yes if she believes you will be the thing she needs and desires in a lifelong relationship. In the context of marriage, the proposed party says yes to engagement if they believe you will meet their needs. Zig Ziglar says if you help people get what they want, you will get everything that you want. When you think about engagement this way, increasing engagement in another person is all about ensuring their needs are met. It's also about showing them that you genuinely care about their concerns. This process starts with the engager. The engager must learn what the other party's needs are and show them they genuinely care about them through the act of meeting those needs. So if my people aren't engaged, the first question I should ask is, what are their needs? The second question is, what am I doing to show them I am meeting those needs? Engagement is also a word used to define going to battle with each other. Going to war with each other is another type of engagement. Probably not the type of engagement we want in our organization, but it's worthy of talking about. Do workers view engagement with management as us against them? If so, that is the opposite of meeting their needs. So to put this in more of a safety context, I want to talk about some things we already do and how we can align them more toward learning and meeting needs versus going to war with each other. Let's take a look at some different ways to lead a safety stand down. Have you ever attended a safety stand-down where management was the only party doing the talking? If so, that fits more into the going-to-battle definition of engagement. 
There is an us-against-them component. One party is doing the talking, and the other is listening and thinking. This type of engagement is not learning the needs of the workers. It's telling them what the desires of management are. It's basically management saying, meet my needs. Although these one-way communications can be filled with messages of we care about your safety, they are not focused on learning the needs of the workers. One of the best examples of a safety stand-down I know of is where a manager learned the needs of the workers. In this particular case, a manager led a safety stand-down. But the first thing he did was pass around pen and paper. He then asked the group to write down two things he needed to know to make safety better for them. In other words, he asked for their engagement to learn their needs. Outside of safety stand-downs, think about the other safety stuff we do. Pre-work briefings, safety talks, safety walks. In all of those engagements... How are they being led? Does the leader talk down to the workers? Or do they ask questions? Are they more focused on learning and meeting the workers' needs or telling them what they need to do? Are they more in line with a marriage proposal or going to battle with each other? The first step toward increasing engagement is learning the needs of the workforce. The second step is showing the workforce you care about those needs by meeting them. Once we learn the needs, then we have to do something about it. But in the middle of learning needs and meeting those needs, we have to give status updates. When I want people to be engaged, first I engage them by learning their needs. If I see a safety issue on a job walk, Do I tell the worker what they are supposed to do to fix the problem? Or do I ask them what they need to do the task safely? If I don't start the engagement with a learning attitude focused on meeting their needs, they will probably get defensive, argue, shut down, or just listen to me run my mouth waiting for me to walk away and bother someone else. It's the same thing with a pre-work briefing. Do I just read through the proper steps to do the task right? Or do I ask the workers what they need to do it right? Same thing with a safety talk. Do I just read through the components of some OSHA requirements or job site policy? Or do I ask the workers, what do we need to get better at complying with this? With all of these safety things we do, how much of the conversation is around learning and meeting needs? That should be our focus if the desire is increased engagement. In just about any safety conversation, we can ask the question, what are two things I need to know to make safety better for you? It's what people want. They want to feel like you care about their struggles. They want to feel like the organization cares about those struggles and is doing something about it. When people aren't engaged, they don't think you care, understand, or believe anything will change. It's one of the most basic components to any successful relationship. Once we learn their needs, meeting them isn't always an easy task. 
Usually workers need things they don't have control over. Maybe they don't have the right equipment, the right training, adequate staffing, goal conflicts with trade stacking and schedule issues. All of those things are issues management has some power to address. But for the workers, those struggles are usually out of their control. So to increase engagement, we have to show the workers we are meeting or working on those needs. If we don't, next time we ask what they need, they will probably engage less, thinking nothing will change anyway. So why bother engaging? Meeting needs takes time. Correcting scheduling issues, resource availability, modifying safety policies to fit the realities of doing the task, all of those things take time to change. Rarely can we change them in an instant. Rarely can we meet their needs in an instant. So status updates are critical. Eventually, we want to show them we are changing things to meet their needs. But on that path, we need to let them know what we are doing to make that happen. Here's where we are. Here's who I have spoken with. Here's what I am doing. All of those type communications give the workers a status update on meeting needs. They show the worker you care, you are trying, you are working on it. It may not be perfect. It may not be fixed yet. But I hear you, I see you, I care, and here's what I'm doing to work on it. Those status updates are crucial to engagement. There will always exist safety policies that don't fit the realities of doing the work. It's unfortunate, but there is always some rule, in construction especially, that can't be complied with in every scenario. It's in those moments that we learn those challenges, that we show the worker we understand, we understand the rule doesn't fit the context of the work, and we are going to do something about it. We show them we understand their needs, and we care enough to do something to fix it. But those things take time. Changing a safety policy to better fit the work usually requires several people to come to an agreement. Letting the workers know who you are talking to and where you are at in coming to that agreement lets them know you care about their needs and you are working to meet them. Some of those initial conversations can be a little bit of a letdown because we must have the humility to admit we are doing some things wrong. Yet that ability to show people we recognize we were wrong is one of the most critical traits of a true leader. John Maxwell says, never be afraid to admit that you're wrong because admitting you're wrong proves you're growing wiser. Can we admit to the worker that we were wrong about some of the ways we manage safety as we move towards a human performance culture? Can we admit some of our policies just don't fit the realities of doing the job? Can we admit that some of the ways we led safety meetings and stand downs and pre-work briefings have some room for improvement? Doing this, this admission, it shows humility and a desire to meet their needs. Beyond care and humility, 
showing them we changed things for them shows them we are meeting those needs. When I think back to some of the best culture assessments we ever conducted, the things that stand out are showing people you care about them and meeting their needs. In one case, where the results of the assessment were some of the best we'd ever seen, the plant manager did something very specific to let the workers know he cared about them. The workers talked about how you would get this unexpected letter in your mailbox. It would be a handwritten card from the plant manager. He wrote words of gratitude, letting the worker know how much he valued them and the work they do. He then said, take your family out to dinner and bring me the receipt so I can reimburse you for it. I care about you and I want to show you I'm grateful for you. In another case, the plant manager asked workers for input before implementing safety policy. When given a directive from corporate, he would first consult the workers on options for compliance. He asked them for input on which option was best for them. Then he did what they told him. He implemented the policy in a way that met their needs. In this particular case, corporate wanted to move to Class 3 attire at all times. He consulted with the safety department to learn the options. Class 3 vests with sleeves, Class 3 t-shirts, sleeveless vests with reflective pants. He then defined reality that the organization had to move to Class 3. But then he gave the workers options for compliance, asked them which method best met their needs, and implemented the policy based on their needs. Of course, the workers wanted t-shirts. They didn't want to wear vests with sleeves or sleeveless vests and pants. They wanted Class 3 t-shirts. And although the cost difference was significant, the payoff was worth it to the manager. The manager stated that the greatest return on investment of buying Class 3 t-shirts was job retention. That by meeting their needs and desires, he experienced less turnover in his organization. But under the surface, there's more going on here. What led to this high job retention and low turnover was engagement. Engagement that started with a manager learning needs and then meeting those needs. The manager engaged the workers to learn their needs the workers engaged back by explaining their needs. Then the manager met those needs. Increasing worker engagement starts with a leader engaging workers to learn their needs and then meet those needs. Not easy in an organizational world with multiple levels of sign-off and approval, but exactly what needs to happen if worker engagement is the desire. If what we want is a culture of engaged workers, we need organizational systems that measure engagement. We can't manage what we can't measure, so we need to measure engagement. We can measure how many times a manager went out to engage workers. We don't just need to measure time in the field, though. We need to measure the amount of engagement that happened while in the field. When we do this, we need to start small with easily achievable goals and build from there. 
If these concepts are new to your organization, we need to start small with goals that people can easily win at. I'm going to go back to those two things. What are two things I need to know to make safety better for you? That's an easily achievable goal and something we can measure. Learning the needs is a lot easier than meeting the needs. Of course, we do need to meet those needs of the worker. But if we are just getting started, learning the needs is a simple step on the path. It's simple, yet easily achievable, and it's something we can measure. When you think about the safety processes you already do, where can you insert a little need learning to measure? Maybe it's the safety talk. Can you make a space on the form for the leader to ask the question, what are two things management needs to know and write down the responses? Do you conduct safety stand downs? Can you change the next one up a little? Can you pass around some paper and ask the workers to write down their answers to that question? Can you make a space on your JSA form for that question? If you can make any of those slight modifications to what you already do, then you can measure that. You can look back on your safety talk forms and JSAs and see who is asking that question. You can also see what the response rate is and measure if it's increasing. It's also a simple goal for your leaders to win at. They don't have to fix everything right away. They just need to get used to asking worker need questions. A simple goal, easy to win at, and measurable. If you are doing those group safety walks with different members of management, PMs, superintendents, subcontractor reps, you can ask those questions during the walk and measure those engagements. The report back just needs a section for it. What are two things the workforce needs to improve safety performance? What do you need? What does management need to know? We can make a section for that on the report out, and we can measure it. Are the people on those walks asking those questions, or are they just correcting risky behavior? We can measure those engagements, coach, redirect, and learn all at the same time. The greatest barrier to worker engagement is a lack of engagement on the part of leadership. If I feel like my workers or frontline supervisors aren't engaged, I should reflect on what we are doing to engage them. Getting engaged all starts with leadership. The leader engages the other party to learn their needs, does the work to meet those needs, and gives status updates along the way. If I want to get engaged, it starts with learning the other party's needs, showing them I care, and doing the work to meet those needs. If I do those things, there's a much higher probability they will say yes to my proposal. And there's a much higher probability that we will all get engaged. Have a beautiful week. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.